0: down On the right side, possibly. Montana, looking, looking, throwing in the end zone. That Nick Bosa dropping hard like a history. Richard Sherman intercepting with a picks. Like Devo, we gon' knock him like a brick brick. That Jimmy G play action to a drop. back. When the pits coming quick, the old line gon' block that. Number one running game in the league. With Raheem. but George Kittle, can't nobody stop that. Stand behind Hello everyone, welcome to Back Row Niner Show. I'm your host, Oklahoma Doug, on Twitter, Doug Bevels. Writer, ranker for DynastyHappyHour.com. IDP side of things, ushering in IDP over there, Dynasty Happy Hour. Well, without further ado, episode one, Back Row Niner Show. Like any good story, any good long-running series, it's got to have a good beginning. So we start this journey in my beginning of becoming a 49ers fan. In 1986, 1987, excuse me, 1987, I was four years old, lived in Oklahoma, southeastern Oklahoma. My mama married this guy that was a project manager for a construction site. All he did was travel, 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 travel. Well, when him and my mother first got together, For some reason, she thought that she had to be every single place he was at. So, four-year-old Doug loads up into the back of a Nissan single cab hard body pickup with a 375 pound man in the back, in the very back, in the bed, with me. This man's so big that his belly got sunburnt where it was sticking out from underneath the shirt <laughs> anyway um heck it what well, seemed like 75 days later but i believe it was like a 28-hour drive straight something like that well it seemed like forever we finally arrived in san Bernardino valley california Four years old wasn't required to go to school so i stayed at home at the motel Four-year-olds get pretty bored back then, a little bit more freedom as kids. You know, you you could trust your kids to walk down the sidewalk by themselves. But anyway, um, I was bored one day. One evening, uh, I walked downstairs to the office, and the divisional playoff game between the Vikings and the 49ers is on guy runs motel he's got it on there and I walk in right as they make the switch from Joe Montana to Steve Young now the game's pretty much at wraps at this point but being a lefty myself being that young I haven't seen no dom left-handed dominant athletes that I'd looked up to uh, you know that that really stuck out to me. I didn't follow it like that. But I remember, and I remember until the day I die, watching Steve Young take that snap, drop back, and hit Dwight Clark over by the sideline for about a 20-yard pass. Next play, gets under center, hocks the ball, play action, rolls around, rushes straight to the end zone. He's got the ball in that left hand, digging, and to the corner of the pylon, touchdown. Well, I know they lost that game, and uh, it was a real big bummer for Niners fans. But that is the moment that I wanted to become a San Francisco 49ers fan at four years old. From then on, I'd wait till my dad's co-workers and the people that worked for me would get off work. I'd go down to the motel swimming pool. I'd get these guys to pay me to swim from one end of the pool to the other. I was learning to swim, you know, and these guys would give me one, two, three, heck, if it's pay do- payday and these guys had a good buzz on, I might get old Five Spot, you know what I mean? Old Nick. Man. Um, what I would do was I'd keep telling them that I couldn't swim. And you give me a dollar and I'll sure try to get over there. That is what bought My first ever San Francisco 49ers jersey. Mr. Ronnie Law. His his locker room speeches when, you know, things were going awry and you couldn't really, uh, you know, trust the coaches, depend on the coaches. The players thought the coaches were playing them in wrong spots. Yada yada yada. Football. Now that we got that out of the way, let's recap this 2020 San Francisco 49ers offseason and training camp. We start the San Francisco 49ers 2020 offseason with a move that happened relatively early in free agency. I believe it might have been the same day that free agency was announced or the day after, and that would be the trading of one DeForest Buckner to the Indianapolis Coats for the 13th overall pick. Uh, too many mouths to feed. Too many mouths to feed is what it boiled down to in San Francisco. They felt their biggest turnover to, you know, uh, ratio, their biggest turnover ratio, meaning the biggest return they could get on selling a player would be getting rid of Buckner, re-signing Armstead for less money, and pretty much, uh, you it, there's not very many athletes in the world that are DeForest Buckner, but getting somebody the caliber, you know, the tier one, top tier defensive tackle in the draft is what they wanted to do, and this is what they went out and did. So, traded D-Buck to the Colts for the 13th overall pick. Draft day rolls around. ding ding! The San Francisco 49ers... on the clock well the Niners did something brilliant here not only did they trade just a third and a fifth for arguably one of the best offensive linemen in football in Trent Williams they actually got the Bucks to come up a pick for the fourth-round pick that the Bucks gave up, got Tyler McAvich, an outstanding offensive lineman. The, the little moves that Lynch does like this, you know, the, the finagling with the GMs and stuff, this is the stuff that's going to separate us from the years past. Really excited about this. So we take Brandon Ayuk. After we take Ken Log, excuse me, we move up. Uh, we move back there. Uh, Bucks come up, get Tristan Worf. And we take Ken Law there at number 13. So, that moves us to our original pick in the draft, which was number 26, Brandon Ayuk. Now, upon, as I said, to start to show off, I'm more of an IDP scout, cover IDP side of things a little bit more. Upon my opinion, I thought Ayuk was more of a shifty slant guy. And I thought we already had quite a bit of those guys in Debo, and Trent Taylor and Jalen Hurd. You know, uh, but it turns out early on in camp, this guy is a deep threat. Yeah, that's right. This guy is a go-to weapon for Jimmy G. Deep down the field, he's hitting him in stride. These two have an immediate connection right away. Now, you did get banged up. It's it's up in the air right now, but it, it's rumored that he will be back for week one, so no scares there. Um, some more takeaways from camp there. Um, Javon Kinlaw. Yeah, hey, buddy, it's not college no more. We we got to get some. We got to get some more moves. We got to get some more tricks in that old bag of tools, man. The bull rush is not going to beat NFL caliber offensive linemen. And to prove my point, just look at the early on in training camp. Uh, we've got third-round centers, third-round, or excuse me, third, third in line in the depth chart pushing him around. The, the Mikavich, the, the aforementioned Mikavich kid that we got with that four, extra fourth-round pick, that kid worked him. Uh, day six of practice. Day six of training camp. He worked. Now here of late, Ken Law's starting to develop a little bit more of a, a swim move and, and using his upper body and his uh, his arms and his leverage a little bit more instead of relying just strictly on power. So uh, I look for I look for Eric Arnstead. Okay, DJ Jones is also banged up. And I bring up DJ Jones. I know a lot of United fans are like, DJ Jones, why is he bringing up DJ? DJ Jones is gonna be a real key piece to this defensive line this year. If DJ Jones can stay healthy and stay in the middle with Ken Law, with Salmon Thomas, all interchanging there, giving each other breaks, life can be good. We can put Eric Armstead out there on the edge to to give D. Ford, who's, you know, injury-plagued, breaks, and and we could go through that. But if D.J. Jones is going to stay banged up, we are going to be in a world of hurt. I think we're going to have to move Eric Armstead to the middle, and I know Salmon Thomas is, I know he's looked good of late in camp. I still don't think he has it. uh, Man, I'm still not a fan. Still not a fan of Salmon Thomas. Mm -hmm. Not a fan, folks. So, therefore, I think to Armstead's going to have to come in the middle to be that filler plus a guy that can get after the quarterback. Jawan Jennings, Tennessee wide receiver. This guy can go up and get a football now, and he is a red zone threat. I really like this kid. Uh, his catch radius is outstanding. Um, watch for Juwan Jennings to make an impact on this team. Uh, another guy, Trent Taylor, is back to form, being one of Trent, uh, Jimmy G's best friends and confidants with uh, Wes Welker, the wide receiver coach there in the Bay. Trent Taylor and Wes Welker are you know, kind of similar players. So I can see them meshing real well and uh benefiting from one another uh last i'll i'll hit on the wide receivers uh dante pettis dante pettis is, came into this camp and acted like he needed to make a football squad he didn't come into camp like he was a highly drafted wide receiver and was going to be given a spot you know to make plays automatically this guy's came in in better shape faster the hands are still hit and miss. Uh, still hit and miss. Catching his body way too much for my liking. But he's, he's actually catching passes over the middle. That's right. I've seen him uh, day... I believe it was six as well. I've seen him come over the middle and catch a beautiful ball by Jimmy G. And it kind of left him open. Now, now, did he have that confidence because, you know, they weren't hitting full pads? You know, maybe so. But... Dante Pettis he's came in ready to make the football squad. K1 Williams, the nickelback corner that's everybody's darling, is looking very, very good in camp. He's he's tightened up his press coverage and is looking for an outstanding 2020 season, looking for K1 Williams to make an impact right away the number two cornerback battle akello weatherspoon versus emmanuel mosley this it's clear it is clear that this coaching staff would rather akello get this job why i have no idea because Manuel mosley has has been the better corner he's just been the better corner in my opinion akello is kind of a Funner name to say, I guess, you know, but ain't nothing wrong with Emmanuel. Um, McKellar's still taking reps with the first team, so uh, and another guy that they will not give up on, Jason Verrett, still hanging around. I expect Emmanuel Mosley to beat him, both of those guys out, for that number two job. Uh, Let's see. Jerk McKinnon. And he was looking good catching lots of passes from Jimmy G just heard just read earlier today he broke his foot unfortunately a draft darling of mine that that had so much athletic potential and profile it's it's just not looking good for the guy in the NFL uh, best wishes to him but Time with the 49ers probably comes to an end. Alright, folks, that was episode one. Kind of a training camp. Off season ramp up. Not much to talk about. Uh, you know, in the off season, whenever your team has 18 of, you know, the 21, 22 returning starters. Uh, there's there's not a lot of movement. Uh, this team, uh, with the Super Bowl appearance, heartbreaking Super Bowl loss to the Chiefs, this team's supposed to get back there again. And, uh, you know, the injury bugs always biting the Niners, man, always getting the Niners. I know it's getting everybody in the NFL, but it just seems like it. they have it out for my, our San Francisco 49ers. Again, thank you everybody for tuning in to Backrow Niner Show. This is Oklahoma Doug. Next week, we go over that schedule and give our predictions. Will they make it back to the Super Bowl? Time will tell. Find out my predictions next week. Backrow Niner Show at Oklahoma Doug on Twitter. Peace. It's so hard to say goodbye to you beautiful people